Hello, my name's Sam Tung, and I'm the project coordinator at the Scottish Poetry Library. I'd like to welcome you to our Nothing But The Poem podcast. These are our regular podcasts where we focus on one poet and a few of their poems. The discussions around their poems come out of our Nothing But The Poem sessions that we have monthly online, and these are open to all friends of the Scottish Poetry Library. So if you'd like to join us, all you have to do is become a friend. Will Harris is our poet this week, and I was lucky enough to chair him recently at Push the Boat Out Festival, which was uh, an incredible meeting and gathering of poets from all across the world, and we were lucky enough to have Will and Pascal Petit in this particular session. Some of the ideas that come across uh, today will be from that discussion, but in the main, most of the points come from the participants of the Nothing But The Poem discussions and uh, session that we had fairly recently. So what I want to do first of all is introduce one of the poems that we looked at. Today we'll look at two poems, but they are quite long. So what I will do is read a couple of the stanzas of each and send you off to the internet where there are all of these are available online. So all you need to do is stick in Will Harris's name and stick in the titles and they'll come up for you. So you can have them with you and you can read the whole poem there. So this first poem is called My Name is Dai and it's um, a longish poem, as I say, made out of one, two, three, four, five stanzas, all of 10 lines each. So it's a 50 line poem. And the way the poem develops is around um, a conversation in a pub. And I'll introduce it with the first stanza. My name is Dai. I heard him say his name was Dai, and seconds later that it was short for David, spelt D-A-I. We had just sat down when he walked up to me and Susie. He said he'd recognised her from the National Portrait Gallery, the one with the large forehead above the door. People miss it. The sad smile. Beer sloshed against the edges of his glass like a fish trying to escape its bowl, but in this case the fish was dead, and only looked to be alive because of Dai's swaying. There are people who relieve themselves of information like a dog pissing against a street lamp to mark out territory, urination no longer in the service of the body, providing no relief. Likewise, conversation. Dai was a type of ancient mariner. So you can hear how the poet, well, how Will sets the scene here with this character, the name of Dai. Um, and as the poem unfolds, he does relieve himself of information and the conversation progresses throughout. What we discovered and what we talked about um, with looking at Will's poems is that he tends to focus in these ones in particular on a kind of oral orality to them. This is a kind of almost a, an overheard conversation. Um, and a lot of the participants questioned how this was really a poem. In a way, it's quite prose orientated. We looked at how actually the stanzas themselves um, almost act as paragraphs, splitting up the, the, the writing into kind of segments or nuggets. But as we progressed we started to think of it as a kind of actorly piece, as a kind of dramatic piece. And that worked really well because that helped us with the voices and with the characters who come in. I'm not going to try and emulate Dai's 
voice, his Welsh accent. I mean, I grew up in Wales, so I don't want to mimic the Welsh accent at this point. But he talks about um, Anthony Hopkins, Michael Bloody Sheen comes in there as well. So there's a lot of actors and different characters that pop into the poem. Um, so thinking of it as a kind of script or as a kind of drama, dramatic piece actually works really well for understanding the poem. And in, in Will's style, these kind of narrative forms, they don't necessarily have what Will's talked about in, in conversation, this kind of transcendent payoff that a lot of lyric poems often do. They kind of tend towards um, a big finale, a kind of finale where you finally get what the poem was about, a kind of moral or a pun or an amazing striking image um, that kind of finishes the poem. Um, and that's the bit that you're, that orientates the poem. But in these two poems that we looked at, that really wasn't the case. They were much more down to earth and much more focused on the characters in the stories. It's definitely a piece to be read aloud. It's definitely um, a performance piece. And there's a tragic tone that goes throughout. This character, Dai, is a real, he's a really rounded character. He starts more and more as more as more alcohol is imbibed he starts singing but at the same time there is definitely a kind of inward collapse as as one of the characters describes it in this way the poet manages to merge the highbrow and the lowbrow together into this kind of everyday tragic tone but we all agreed in the nothing but the poem session itself we all agreed that it was important an important voice to be heard. It was an important story that needed to be told. And a lot, And in both of these poems and in a lot of Will's work, there's a focus on lines of communication and making sure that different people's um, perspectives are communicated. The poem itself is a communication from this character, Dai, who um, introduced himself and perhaps forced himself upon the poet and his drinking partner at that point and the way that the poem ends although not a revelation or a transcendent payoff as we've been thinking how often traditional poems do tend to finish and in the final lines of this poem we get this poignant recommendation or admission from Dai that says and he stares, he stares at Will and his, his partner and says, you're writers, he said, you should write about this. And though it may have been unfair, I thought about how many people he'd said this to before. So these lines of communication, these lines of conversation, and these lines of recorded speech and voice are really important to Will's poetics. I very much recommend getting hold of the full poem and seeing how the puns and the, the comedy and the tragedy unfold in this seemingly very down-to-earth and random meeting. The other poem that we looked at in our session was the poem Say. Again, this is a very similarly structured piece of work with ten-line stanzas that um, come together as if in paragraphs. And again, a similar theme perhaps about trying to explore the way in which um, identity is communicated 
and the ways in which that is structured around conversation and talking together and different ways of uh, different references that come in um, and again seemingly random events that prompt a deep thinking about colonialism about immigration about identity and about who gets to say what it is that they say so i'll read the first stanza of this poem say a brick-sized block of grey stone washed ashore on which was carved the word say. My dad picked it up at low tide and two months later found another, and another saying less. We worked out that rather than a command, like Rilke's flow, it was the name of an old firm, Sales, which sold refined sugar with plantations in the Caribbean and a factory in Chiswick. As capital flows, accumulates and breaks its bounds, so too had sales broken into various subsidiaries, slipped, dissolved and loosed. You find all kinds of things at low tide. One time, a black retriever came wagging up to me with a jawbone in its mouth. What can't be disposed of otherwise, what can't be broken down, is taken by the river, spat out or lodged in mud. The say brick took pride of place on our chest of drawers. Masonry, defaced by time, made part of the furniture. My dad decided to give it to you in part because you're an artist and he thought it looked like art, but also, which is maybe the same, because it suggested reason in madness and made him, made us, less afraid. It's interesting to note with this style that, again, there's this kind of accretion of an accumulation of ideas and images that, that come together. And although um, obviously edited and obviously um, written into, there, there doesn't, there's not um, um, too much of a worry about what might be called in kind of high literary terms, redundancy. And in fact, that detail and that kind of everyday detail is really important to creating the atmosphere of the piece. But there has to be a story in there as well. These long poems are all about sustaining the attention through storytelling. And that, that initial uh, meeting of that with that brick-sized block of grey stone, that really sets off the, the writer and the reader to try and work out what this detritus means, what's, the, what's all this stuff that washes up idea of flow and breaking and flow go through just run throughout this poem and in a way that's what the poet will harris is doing with the language um and trying to work out how to keep writing flowing in the discussion that we had at push the boat out he will read two or three versions of a poem of the same poem and that was really fascinating because what he did there was play with audience expectation and play with the idea of the finished poem. And I think that's really important. He also spoke about uh, the idea of print, the print format in which we read most of our poems, I suppose, um, actually limiting the life of a poem. It kind of falsifies the process of a poem, the conversation that is always unfolding and flowing in a poem, 
And that was really interesting, particularly because one of his publishers was in the audience as well and raised an issue at that point as to that how do we get those lines of communication out there, which are books, books of poems. But more to, more to the point with these two poems that we discussed was that they, they do seem moments in time and they are part of an ongoing conversation and part of an ongoing poetics that is constantly aware of all that can't be said and all that isn't said. In Say, in this poem, Say, Will is very frugal um, and very careful with any metaphor that creeps in and really does not rely on metaphors too much and doesn't rely on them to overwork the ideas that he's, that he's presenting in these poems. And again, that kind of brings it down to a level of that mixes the highbrow, the lowbrow, but also mixes the kind of high language and, and everyday language and just brings them together so that it's part of the flow of the poem and flow of almost everyday life, as it were. One of the things that in the group that we also discussed, and that comes through in the whole of Say, really, is who is it addressed to? Who is the addressee? And how does a how does a an address to a you, a second person, how does that work in poems in general, but also in this poem? Thinking about how when a poet is writing or when a reader is reading a poem, are they in conversation? How do they position themselves in that conversation? How do they do they take on the voice or the, uh, the ownership of the perspective of the I, or do they become the you? And in Will's next book, his next collection called Brother Poem, he really explores this idea of an address, address to someone or to something, and how that orientates his thinking and his work. So I've been lucky enough to already been able to read Brother Poem, and it's going to be something that you're going to have to buy, and you're going to have to read, and you can explore the idea of the you and the addressee. But in this one, I'm going to bring all of this together and think about the addressee and the way in which the conversation is continued by this final stanza and the heavily poignant question with which it ends and with which it maintains conversation as an open thing. To the eye of a being of incomparably longer life, to God or the devil, the human race would appear as one continuous vibration, in the same way a sparkler twirled at night looks like a circle. In darker days I couldn't say that to my dad, slumped in front of the TV with a mug of instant coffee. Saying it now only makes me think of times I've held a sparkler, the hiss and flare, the after smell, which runs counter to that whole vision. One morning, gagging on his breathing tube, he started to text my mum, but before he could press send, his phone died. He couldn't remember what he tried to say. I can't remember what he tried to say. Flow, break, flow. You hear me, though. So hopefully you heard a little bit of Will Harris's work there and some of something of his voice coming through. He's a fantastic poet, inspires me, and his conversations in poet in poetry and in and in in everyday life uh, and in person inspire me to to keep writing and to keep reading. So hopefully this was a small an introduction to some of his ideas and some of his work, and I commend you to explore them
further. And I will see you next time for our Nothing But The Poem session. And as I say, it's available to anyone who wants to join the Scottish Poetry Library as a friend. And it would be lovely to see you there. So join us again.